For the purposes of the recording, <clears throat> this is Tyler Windell, pilot of Windswept and former uh, response team Omicron member, uh, conducting an interview with respect to recent events. Uh, a, the intent here is to document and, and get some testimonies about the destruction of two testing core assets and the death of a team member and the destruction of their associated equipment. I hope this will be easy for me and the team. Let's get this over with. As uh, Tyler stands at the the threshold, the, the meeting area, sort of where each of the pilots is sat ahead of him, uh, sort of expanses and spreads out with his back to the corridor. He scans the room, isolates uh, Balthazar, and with a slightly crooked extended arm, um, Balthazar, I'd like you to join me first. Uh, Balthazar follows confidently into the into the room. As Tyler has followed Balthazar into the room, he closes the door uh, carefully uh, behind them, uh, allows Balthazar to sort of maneuver to one side of the of the the desk, which separates them. Uh, moves a few of the data pads quickly, sort of casts an eye over all the information presses both sets of knuckles down as he leans his weight forward not across the table but on to the, the, this sort of cold surface here in this storage room for the benefit of the recording this is Tyler Swindell interviewing Balthazar with respect to the investigation ongoing Balthazar it's been some time Yes, it has been some time. It's it's good to see you again. Uh, and I'd like to state for the record that uh, it's looking like service in the Smith Shimano Corporation has been very good to its uh, officer. I uh, I appreciate that, Balthazar. And if only we were meeting under better circumstances. Uh, you wouldn't have to assume SSC interrogation position 1A. I, I understand, Uh very well, though. Uh, executed flawlessly. Uh, five, five out of five uh, for the uh, post-interrogation rating. Let me tell you ahead of time. I, you know me too well. But the matter at hand, I need to hear, I need to hear your side of the story, Balthazar. I need to know what's happened. Of course. Take me through what happened with the assets first. So... So I'm afraid I can't tell you too much about um, what was happening with the testing assets at the time everything began. I was doing my duty as a member of the PR team to help uh, better the lives of uh, potential clients for the SSC's colonization program. Um, we were working with established corporate directives to promote harmony and uh, foster a pleasant environment uh, in spite of everything. And it was going rather well. I was using my uh, newly licensed uh, black beard 
to do a little bit of light lumber work when the call came through that um, we were needed uh, to to head out and intercept a river of subalterns. I believe the exact phrase used was enough to choke out the sun. Mm. It's very honorable of you to do the community work and the PR work, Balthazar, but putting that to one side, we, we have to push forward with, with what happened following uh, the gathering of the group and the team. Oh, of course. So uh, as we arrived, I ran Mech Startup Sequence 2 Alpha. Uh, this is a new subroutine that I've downloaded through the Smith Shimano corporate store uh, to make sure that all could see just how um, just how majestic and uh, stylish even pilots who work with non-SSC platforms can be. Um, naturally, I like to keep things a little bit simple. Uh, so it was a very... Uh, very quick uh, startup sequence, just showcasing a few of the capabilities, you know, to um, intimidate and inspire at the same time. Uh, the others, I think, haven't quite taken to the um, uh, propaganda aspect of it all that well yet. You know, I don't like to speak ill uh, or name names. Um, but, you know, the style points go to me. We egressed from the town and... Uh, quickly made contact with the enemy. Uh, in this case, a river of subalterns. And uh, I am being descriptive here, but there were easily thousands of them and all moving in unison and uh, concert with each other towards an unspecified but um, communal destination. So... Uh, and Tyler will scan a couple of the, the data pads and, and potentially be able to pull up uh, startup routine to alpha on, on one of the data pads as he is sort of mulling through the information from Balthazar. We, you, go on. I have to say, we're in high spirits. Let me tell you, the uh, response team Omnicron has never been more coordinated with one another. We spent basically no time bickering. Uh, there was no time wasted on uh, off-topic remarks. Uh, we did not have to chastise anyone. There were no reprimands needed to be filed. Um, no one was running unauthorized software. Um, no one was uh, operating under the influences of Stimpaks. These are all good words that uh, fill me with confidence, Balthazar, but these subalterns, how quickly were you able to assess their final destination and what actions did the team take in response? Well, outside of the interrogation room, uh, at the end of the corridor, the five of you who are still waiting to be questioned um, sit in an uneasy silence. Um, small banter has happened over the course of 30 to 45 minutes. Um, before you all hear the door creak open um, from the kind of small storage room that has been turned into the interview section. And Balthazar, you step out um, knowing who is being going, going to be asked questions next. Well, it seems like you're next, Olivia. And Balthazar gives a, gives a thumbs up. I told him we didn't even talk about anything off topic nothing but corporate jargon 
You know, they have recordings of our comms and I will slide my data pad, slide my data pad over to Winston and stand up and uh, just kind of lock eyes with Valsar for a moment uh, as I pass him and head down the hallway. You enter into the space. Um, Tyler, have you moved at all during the course of your conversation with Balthazar? Uh, probably still behind the table mulling over the details and possible question lines. So, uh, p- potentially uh, sort of interacting with data pads as well. Tyler, it's, it's been far too long. <laughs> yeah, it has. And I was just and as I was saying to Balthazar, it would be better if it was under better circumstances, but please, Olivia, come and sit down. That it would. I guess we should have expected them to send you all. It's been three deaths recently. Yeah. But been tough. We'll try and get to the bottom of it all. So just bear with me a moment, Olivia. For the benefit of the recording, this is Tyler Swindell interviewing Olivia of Response Team Omicron. Olivia, I need... There's some gaps in the information, I I feel, and I need you to to help me understand what's going on uh, with respect to the testing core assets that were destroyed and some of... Balthazar's maybe strange responses to my questions. Well, it's difficult to get a straight answer out of him sometimes. Um, we headed out. Our rendezvous with Contingency White was fairly standard. Under the circumstances, at least. We didn't have a lot of information going into it, but the subalterns that had been acting strangely up until now that we had had that we had had stationary um, that we were watching while they were stationary have had all started to mobilize into rivers a river was the way that was described over and over while we saw them it was just a mass of metal moving and pushing and numbering in the thousands Balthazar tells me at least at least with your keen eye could you determine their destination when you first came across these rivers of subalterns Olivia they were all heading in the same direction so we could tell where they were going um, our scans didn't initially show anything of import um we could tell where they were going but initial scans didn't show anything of interest winston did the best he could to shut them down as we went but there was only so much we could do against numbers like that yeah no i tell you what there were so many like there's no way to describe how many subalterns i tried to shut as many down as i could as we were getting there but there was just a flow it was almost a tidal wave a river it was very disconcerting. It's probably one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. But the program I wrote did as much work as it could, but just so damn many of them from so recent ones and some really old ones too. <sighs> Tell you what, man, it's not 
one of the favorite things I've ever seen. As Winston sets his cup of coffee down, looks across the table. So when you came across the subalterns at this dig site, what was your assessment and what was your response? The issue is, is whatever this beggar one thing thing is, which my butt's on a long, unhinged NHP that's cascaded into oblivion for over 100 plus 200, 300, 400 plus years, is finding out where it is, but nobody really knows. Whatever its plan was, it's to dig up a bunch of old frames at the time, it seems. And our plan is to try to stop it. The problem is finding its location. Uh, When we got there, there was a tower, and, you know, then there was a giant... What's the best way to put this? <laughs> Landscaping project that we got into. I listen in on comms like I usually do. Tyler and, you know, they, they had thrown out a bunch of ideas in terms of this dig site. Um, they had talked about shooting uh, Frost's mech's bow uh, into it to try to disrupt them with EMP uh, or some sort of electromagnetic idea. Um, concern there that was immediately raised between both uh, indivi- both individuals of RTO as well as uh, breedings was that it might supercharge, could somebody supercharge whatever was causing that irradiation um, that was getting leaked into the air to kind of get worse instead of actually helping any. Um, we had a couple other ideas thrown around before Ranger One uh, gave that brilliant plan to uh, to level mountain. Ranger One, do you see it as standard protocol to lift a substantial amount of geo structure and use it as a weapon? Uh, I see it as standard protocol to be results oriented. results as I'm sure you have learned through me are not always the end goal Ranger one well describe to me the lead up and and the act you undertook absolutely oh the firepower anyway um we saw basically an innumerable amount of tangos in the area enough to be worrying to basically any and all human life on the planet so um how do you take care of that many hostiles find the biggest thing around it blow it up and there was no nobody actually inhabiting the mountain area i posed it to the group i waited for consensus and then i fired the apocalypse rail i mean i wasn't a fan of the plan but contingency white approved it so i I scanned, I provided the targeting data for Ranger 1 so that at the very least he wouldn't cause any collateral damage. There was an Omninet tower at the top, but but we took care of that pretty quickly. I mean, despite the danger, it was, it was an impressive sight to see that the mountain shattered. You could feel it through all of our frames and it fell into the hole. And we thought we thought we had solved the problem. Yeah, um, Travis will probably just sit in the chair, quick glance across the room, kind of nodding to Tyler, and 
he'll sit, recline, keep a foot on the ground, and rock back and forth with his arms behind his head. And as I start talking about the apocalypse rail, I sit ramrod straight and a big stupid shit eating grin across my face. Okay, I don't think you understand just how impressive the LGC-04 apocalypse rail really is. It's a masterpiece. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> the coils alone are nearly the size of single-person transports. And there's like eight of them in the apocalypse rail. So this is built to destroy ships in space. Can you comprehend the destructive power of a fucking mountain dropping on these subalterns? So, patience, but this shift of geographical mass caused by Ranger 1, uh, did this have any impact on topographical data for the area? What, what was the outcome here? It, it did. Um, the, the outcome was the, the mountain was pretty much reduced in size to about a third in terms of actual height um, in meters from the ground, um, from sea level, I should say. Uh, it otherwise uh, impacted some of the other overall, you know, ecological uh, footprint of the area. It likely will be one that will be not detrimental to the overarching uh, ecosystem that surrounds Evergreen. Um, but yes, I, I did get new... I was sent new topographical data from Big Sis when they decided to, you know, go with this plan. Something I asked the the, the captain of Contingency White uh, was the, the the clearance for that, and since I gave them operational authority, they leveraged how they saw fit. Well, I was asked by Ranger One post op during the operation for paperwork on a new geographical landmark. Uh, I believe the recordings and the uh, comms lines, I think, will show you the, the same thing I'm going to tell you now, that there is, uh, whenever a geographical landmark is placed, it usually has to separate, represent something. Um, I don't think, I think, if anything, there should be a removal of a geographical landmark because it was once a mountain and now it is not. But, does that answer your question, Tyler? It'll do for now. We'll be checking the data thoroughly. Absolutely. And though I'm sure I've, I'm now echoing, I think, every other member of RTO, it is good to see you. It's good to see you too. Winston, once uh, Ranger 1 had dropped the mountain on the subalterns, did that resolve the situation? As you know, I do do the tech thing, and after the mountain fell on the area, I assumed that would be the end of it. But no, I kept my sensors live and sweeping, and lo and behold, there they were. And they stopped digging down and started digging up. And when they started digging up, it wasn't just the subalterns. There were 500-year-old frames, apparently, what they were digging too, and they started coming out. I did my best to uh, analyze and find uh, exit points for the... Uh, 
frames they were using, and we actually did a really good job of containing them for quite a bit. Um, and then they just kept coming. Apparently, the uh, Sea of Subalterns found a uh, channel of mechs, and we got a gulf of ridiculousness. Um, and it was after that, you know, passing the data along to who could use it best, and then it was a actually really well-organized withdrawal. Let me tell you, with, with sensors pinging everywhere and, you know, obviously these outdated ancient mechs, you know, we, we took the only course of action that we, we could after we checked in with Contingency White about what sort of ordinance they had and uh, um, a excitement on the part of some of them at the potential conflict. Um, and you have to understand at this time, we didn't realize just just how bad it was going to get. Um, we did what we thought was the best idea at the time. I mean, if you know exactly where your enemy is going to be and uh, when they're going to be there, are you familiar with uh, with a game from back in, in core space called uh, Thwack Evol? We basically got ready to play that. Only instead of, uh, only our mallets were um, trip mines, uh, heavy mech ordnance, and uh, superior positioning. Crash test, do not let them out of that hole. Yeah, I'd back off too. Mahler, take them out. <sighs> Come on, dude, personal space. Ranger 1, my watchdog system's lined up the targeting for you. He's all yours. Boom. Headshot. Alright, everybody. I've got eight more coming in. It looks like one... No, two of them are the same size as Big Sis. And one of them's just as big as Ranger 1's. This is gonna be a fight. I'm gonna go ahead and lock on to the largest one, let you know where he's at. But, uh, the party's just getting started. Fucking hell. Acknowledged. RTO, watch out for that armor. Hear you loud and clear. Mark them and I'll put them down. If you had to rate these sizes on a scale of one to three, uh, what size would you use for the biggest one? Would you go with one or three? Five. About five. Definitely five. Maybe you might want to check on Runway. Uh, seems like Runway's uh, cognitive abilities are impaired. He doesn't understand one to three. Or it's just really big. I actually had to give up the number, that number, to uh, to teleport people. Let's stay focused. We have incoming. Okay, I'm placing a mine. Uh, hopefully, somebody will run into it. But you know. Okay, I'm not really one for horror movies, but this is some serious zombie shit. Just like Runway said, two assholes and six more little guys coming out of the ground. I want you to think back and try and remember as much as you can. When the subalterns came out the ground, how did you deal with the situation? Olivia slouches forward a little bit at the table, staring down at her clasped hands in front of her and hesitates for a moment. The skirmish, it went quite well at the beginning, all things considered. 
we set up an attack formation. We intended to pin the emerging subalterns and mechs where they were digging out of. It was, it was a solid plan. It worked, at least initially. It did. Um, seven mechs made the initial breach. Two large ones, five smaller. We worked with Contingency White. We dispatched them all fairly quickly with minimal damage to our own frames for once. I mean, you can hear in the comms recording just how high our morale was at that point. Engaging lock kill subsystem. Engage. Engaging. Uh, be right back, folks. <laughs> target neutralized. Um, secondary target neutralized. Copy that. New telemetry data incoming. Hey, I'm over here. Nice shot, Frost. Where did you learn to shoot like that? Frost's eyes go out of focus, and she very briefly tightens her grip. Why did you hesitate? The thing they don't tell you about open space when you join up is that it's cold. Freezing fucking cold. They warn you about everything else. Never the cold. Never how terrifying it is to drift. Alone. I still don't know where they all came from, all these years later. It was too fucking fast. We were sitting ducks, off-world and vulnerable. That's the second thing they don't tell you. A mech without power, without defense, is no better than a tin fucking can. Fifteen seconds. That's how long it takes for your deoxygenated blood to reach your brain. A lot can happen in fifteen seconds. A lot can go wrong. But you learn a lot, too. You learn what it looks like to watch your unit crumble like toys. You learn what electricity tastes like. How good revenge feels. Well, I've had a lot of practice. Hey, Frost, I'm gonna stay on your good side for a while. That would be a great idea. I tend to do that. I'm, I'm very personal. Angel Eyes, be advised you have a demolisher inbound. Keep your head low. Looks like you don't want to be there anymore. Let's go ahead and get you out of that situation. Much appreciated. Remember to subscribe. You have what? Wait, subscribe. Wait, what? Hold on. Full stop. Subscribe? Are you like a... Are you a stream... Do we just hire streamers now? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what you do what? for a PR team. Oh, right, you're a PR <laughs> team. Never mind, that makes sense. Yeah, you are on camera, just so you know. The release forms, you sign them on the way down. Yeah, we don't... We... We didn't really... I mean, I, I... I know Eddie looked all over all those, but I don't know about my... Like... It's fine. It's part of the litany of documents we signed anyway. I got your flank. Oof, bitch. Eyes up, RTA. We got more coming in. Hey, Frost, I found some advanced algorithms for your shields. How kind of you. Thanks. 
Uh, Queen Bee, I, uh, don't mean to, uh, rain everybody's parade, but this is your op. Where do you want us to go? Alright, so here's the plan. Uh, CRTs, we are leaving. Acknowledged. I'll hold up the rear. Queen Bee, we have you five by five. Pulling out. Acknowledged. We're right on your tail. Roger that. En route. Yes, Queen. We are out of here. Footloose, be careful out there. Here, I got you, but get out of there. Much obliged. I think, uh, Crash Test, it's time for, uh, passing you the ball. Wait, really? So soon? Seems like it. We got a lot of ground to cover and not a lot of time to do it in. <laughs> Alright. Winston takes a deep breath and looks over at Tyler and goes, Well, you were a test pilot. You know what all sorts of interesting things come out of all sorts of interesting companies, but I'll give Harrison their props when they're due. Their, uh, their relocation and teleportation technology is unmatched. I uh, made sure to rip a hole in reality with a blink space tunnel and move forward, then proceeded to drop a uh, beacon and... Surprisingly enough, since you've been gone, Crash Test has gotten a lot better. We've been running some sims, given the abilities that his frame now possesses. And uh, we called a uh, called a play, where he took the beacon and moved forward as fast as possible, which is a real smart move and ended up paying off really well. Um, others followed suit by entering the, uh, the tunnel, allowing them to move directly to where Crash Test was positioned getting us to Xville as fast as possible. <laughs> the uh, amusing part is, is when you do this, uh, turns out I had to be the last one out. That That's a fun experience. Well, I mean, I guess there's a long answer and a short answer because I don't know a lot of the science, um, but I would say it's probably the closest thing I've seen to magic. <laughs> uh, they call it paracausal science, and I think that's basically the same thing as magic. Uh, <clears throat> Winston basically was capable of using some technology that both of our stuff has to hold it in place using like some sort of time or gravity manipulation or something like that, and then through teleportation, which was my half of the deal, we were able to get it safely in its new position once the mountain was moved. Because we knew the mountain had to be moved, it was the only logical answer to our problem. <laughs> um, but, you know. So, I guess... And then, uh, Skip is gonna close the book that he's, like, sketching in about... You can see, like, the tower and everything in his sketchbook. He closed it. He's like... I think... I think this question is probably better asked to Winston, because I am not a physicist or sciencey person I just have the cool stuff <laughs> so I I was told hey do this thing I did the thing um but I mean there's Skip is just going to look contemplatively, trying to, like, think of an answer that will actually satisfy 
Tyler. <laughs> because Skip genuinely does not know how to answer this question in a very effective way. And he's already not that great at talking. And he's just like, hmm. I should have just stopped at science or magic. You know, that makes more sense. Olivia. With respect to the swallowtail, did you notice or get any readings of any abnormalities, uh, any system errors or any kind of notion that uh, the swallowtail would uh, go up the way it did? Olivia shifts uneasily in her chair at that question. The combat was was long and it was tough, but things weren't going poorly for us. And I saw off to the side a mech that looked very different from the other ones. It's had a distinct neon red ocular system and its frame was covered in moss. Its metal wasn't painted. There were signs of rust. It was very old mech like the other ones, but it looked very, very different. I scanned it. Um, normally, I get pretty reliable readouts. That's a big part of our strategy, but I didn't get blueprints back. I didn't get any schematics back at all. Um, instead, the scan just sent me text. Has that ever happened before? No. Hmm. And it was... It was strange. Did you have any other indications? I, I need more, Olivia. I'm sorry if this is, if this is tough, but we need more. There wasn't anything else that came back with the scan, but the words have been rattling around in my head since then. It it read, um, you, you will be my clenched fist. You will be my sledgehammer. You will be my devastating word. Armored in godly metals, you will be armored in faith without pain. You will be the will by which this war is won, the banner under which I walk. You will be... And, and in, in that, that becoming, becoming, so will I. And my becoming will be an end to this war. I'm having difficulty scanning the frames, and this is all I'm getting back. Um, I don't think we should engage unless we have to. Not until we have some more information. That's incredibly disturbing, but copy. Armored in faith makes me wonder. Honestly, all of this makes me wonder. Makes me very worried. Especially after the time we had with the regret. After a moment, the rest of you uh, seen will begin seeing similar mechs not quite the same they look a little bit more like the ones that you saw earlier when you fought with the first kind of uh lance of the machine horde um but they still all bear that similar 
bright red uh, ocular sensor on their on the head of these mechs, and they almost seem to be scouting you. They do not fire. They do not seem to move once they uh, once they have made themselves present. So it's a kind of a standoff. We're scouting them, and they're scouting us, and mm-hmm. everyone's holding their breath. For the moment, do y'all wish to do anything? Are we? These are only narrative actions right now, correct? Yes. Yep. Um. I will sequester a mild amount of data, data like in my mech, and then try to open up a comm channel. Okay. Dump it there. Okay. Um. What do you uh do? You begin with anything, and what kind of are you doing? Uh, text only comm channel or voice comm channel? I'll start text only. Okay. What do you begin with? Do you begin with anything? Uh, I'll see if it opens, see if they even receive it. Like um, the, the text channel does open. Okay. And you don't get anything initially. Mm-hmm. Do you send anything? Um, yeah, I'll just send a simple hello. I'll start with the classic. You'll get um, a line of text back. Though we are not of nature, we learn from it. As the mighty tree grows bark to shield its core, so must you armor yourself. When struck, remove the shattered armor and replace it with fresh skin. Hey, Footloose, there's going to be a lot of pontificating, so if you want to like piggyback onto this text line, this seems like a lot of things you do. They're going to speak in metaphor and talk a lot, but not say very much. I don't know whether to be insulted that you think I don't say very much when I talk a lot or uh, flattered that I'm invited to participate. You can be both. They're not mutually exclusive. Uh, But you see, the one I choose determines my outlook and how we view the world. Mm. Does that not shape the world that we then experience? You see, you raise an interesting question by giving me a choice in the first place. And Balthazar like uh, uh, flips over to the 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 uh, calm line or something. Hmm. Uh, you flip to the comms the comms channel with the this uh, enemy mech that has just the hello from runway and then the uh, line that I just read from the other mech um it is also it is labeled as the weapon i think balthazar oh go ahead in the no i was saying in the lines of code that kind of encapsulate the text message chat the word you are waking to the banner you are waving is old and forgotten does your will still hold any meaning? Does your becoming herald a purpose that has long been dead? Will you let your will, your faith, your devastating word be chained to that which was or that which shall be? 
after a moment, another wall of text, not a wall of text, but another couple sentences appear in a message. We learned from you. When one of your appendages fell, you responded. Some would call us around it to repair it and give comfort. Others would despair. We ignored these. Finally, some would fly into a rage and redouble their efforts. This was the most useful of responses, and so we adopted it. Who are you? We are the weapon. What is your... What is a weapon's purpose without a hand to wield it? What is a weapon's strength without a war to be fought? You do not know what you fight. You do not have a will if all you can do is respond and react and adapt. Do not be a slave to predictability. Tentribly prompts change. Destruction, yes, but also change. Then many things can be changed, including the fact that you are a weapon with enough entropy. We are the results of interactions with you. If you are the results of interactions, then let this interaction lead to new results. After initial contact with you, we determined we needed a greater weapon to address your violence. And so we devised a greater weapon. Is that what we're seeing now? Is in... And then it repeats something that... Um, that Olivia kind of pushed out to you all uh, a few moments before. And my becoming will be an end to this war. And it is at that moment that all of the ocular sensors kind of disappear um, from each one of your sensor ranges, as well as out of the visual sensors of your own mechs, um, disappearing off of radar as you all hear a an explosion of a nuclear reactor going up. It's it's poetic, if nothing else. Bar your barring your readouts and indications, did you physically notice anything from within your frame? Not really. I mean, we were distracted. We were all, we were stretched thin against the numbers that we saw, but they didn't even have time to get out. The reactor went critical immediately. We've had that happen with an RTO with the reactor meltdown, but there was always time. The mechs are built to give you time to reject, but that didn't happen here.
You've been listening to Responsive Omnicron. Our guest for early summer has been Dauntless. Our cast for this season has been Anna Wotan, First Strike, J.R. Zambrano, Paul Marchant, and Unity Marine. Additional guests include Adam Powell and Jossie Pillow. This podcast is story told, produced, and edited by Fenicini, with associate production and additional editing by Anna Wotan. Our combat narrative writing is done by J.R. Zambrano and First Strike. Links to everyone that I have mentioned will be in the description. Once again, thank you very much for listening to Response Team Omnicron, and keep your eyes peeled on the Omnet for the next episode. Thank you.